Thousands of former Nazis went to work for the United States government. A flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the army. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. President Kennedy has been shot. This is a different kind of war. The USS Liberty had just been attacked by Israeli jets and torpedo boats. The CIA could manipulate the news in the United States. They took the babies out of incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just tanked We need to go into the Capitol! You will always have conspiracy theories. They are nothing but distractions. You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors. You silenced those voices. What we want to do in Davos is push the reset button. Soon as we start exposing the great reset, the sooner these globalists start going to prison! I want to welcome everybody to the 32nd episode of the Adam King Show. We got a powerful pre-Pesach Passover show for everybody. We're going to explain Pesach, which we will call Passover for the rest of the episode, to our audience. And we're going to go deep into the problems of Israel and the Jewish people, really the problems of the Jewish people and that of the government of Israel. And for a guest this week... We actually are bringing on the Adam King Show a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, a wealth of wisdom. I don't even know how many books this man has published. A returning guest to the show, Rabbi Avraham Greenbaum of Sfat. Hi, Rabbi. How are you doing today? Shalom, Adam. Good to see you today. Doing very well, thank God. Feeling good and uh, here in the holy city of Sfat in Galilee. Wow, you're in the Galilee. That's so beautiful. What's the weather like in the Galilee? Today, very beautiful, clear views over to the Sea of the Galilee, and views across the hills of the Holy Land. You know, the next time you come on the show, I'm going to make sure that we do it during your day so that we can position the camera out by the window and show our audience the view of the actual Galilee. You know, our audience is very Christian, conservative, and very alt-right leaning and uh which is really a cool thing and um so on on this episode today since it's pre-passover and i explained in the opening segment the hebrew word is pesach but for the rest of the episode we're just going to refer to it as passover for you know everybody's understanding but um i thought we could do something special for um passover at the same time, uh, record something very relevant to today's landscape of the geopolitics of the Jewish people vis-a-vis the state of Israel. Um, Ehud Barak, who I consider, you know, the, the most one of the most suspect people in Israel, just came out with a video on chat. Uh, he was interviewed in on um, on Chatham House. And uh, and he came out and um, he said uh, some pretty scathing things about um, about um, the world that we live in and and how to topple regimes and governments. I'm going to play a clip for you and that's going to start our conversation. Um, But then uh, I would like to get more into really like the history of the situation that we're in and kind of give a background, Rabbi, 
so that our audience can understand that we have been fighting the internal problem of what I would just call fake Jews for uh, quite some time. You know, this is not uh, an old scenario to us. So um, with that, let's play the Ehud Barak clip and then get into the discussion. And we are not Polish, we are not Hungarian. We are not going to accept it. That doesn't fit into our uh, basic values and our uh, collective psyche. So it's a clash. There's a top-down uh, regime change using the tools, the, the legal tools of uh, democracy facing a counter-revolution from, from bottom up. And uh, we will win. I'm confident of it. Um, because I know our people, and we have uh, even empirical evidence for this. Some uh, 11 years ago, in uh, two ladies, scholars, Chenwes and Stefan, published in uh, Columbia, a, a research they made of uh, hundreds of civil protests uh, in the last uh, over 100 years, from 1900 to 2006, and they found a common denominator. All these uh, protests which succeeded, where they reached a, a level of 3.5 of the percent of the population, which is, which ends up to be about 8 percent of the adult population, uh, tenaciously and persistently keeping the protests, boycott, uh, civil disobedience, and so on. At the end, the government either fall or capitulate. And this is exactly, we, we already crossed this number within less than three months. So we are heading in the right direction. The publication called Why Civil Resistance Works. So there you go. Yes, what we have just heard is a recipe for the subversion of the accepted democratic process where the people make their decision and the decision is based upon a majority of the people and then subversives come and use the very methods described by the former Prime Minister of Israel uh, in order to uh, upturn the decisions and this has actually been typical of the history of Israel uh, ever since the establishment of the state in 1948 and indeed long before that uh, the actual will of the Jewish people and the will of the people of Israel has been subverted by a tiny nucleus of uh, people who should be really called the, uh, the, the Metzach Hanochosh, the brain of the serpent. Mm. So we can go into a bit of the history of this, which is really connected with Passover, because when the children of Israel went out of Egypt, uh, for one thing, there were many, many different souls. Uh, some souls are full of love and kindness. Others are full of strength and power. And uh, some are really uh, hardcore, hard nut, uh, so, uh, stiff-necked, obstinate. And uh, these are all part of the people because everything is necessary in the overall organism. And with Israel, out of Egypt came a whole bunch of other people magicians and, and gurus and uh, uh, influencers and heaven knows what and uh, they were called the mixed multitude as recorded in the book of exodus that came up with the children of israel 
Eruv Rav, a great mixture of people. So there are these two forces. There are the hardcore forces within the children of Israel. And these are represented in the five books of Moses by the two figures that stand up against Moses in Egypt from among the children of Israel. Why did you hit that Egyptian? And why are you leaving out the two rebels, Datan and Aviram, from the tribe of Reuven? Later on, Korach, from the tribe of Levi, trying to subvert the order of Aaron and Moses. Wow. And then in later biblical times, a constant uh, evil inclination among the holy nation to go after the other nations of the world, which we find in the Bible, the worship of the Baal and the Asherah. And every time in later periods, there were always rebel forces. Well, now all of this gained huge strength in the 1800s, uh, the late 1700s and 1800s, where there were enough Jewish people in the concentrations of Jewish population in Europe who had simply had enough, likewise in the uh, countries of the Eastern communities, had enough of centuries of persecution, degradation, of discrimination, and who felt that the solution to their situation was to assimilate. Mm -hmm. Well, now there were certain forces that had a literal hatred of the religion of Moshe, of Moses, a literal hatred of the religion of faith, of the Torah, of the Bible, and anything written in the Torah they wanted to rebel against, be it the observance of the Sabbath, the observance of the sanctity of marriage, the observance of the Torah dietary code, and many, many other aspects that people simply felt a kind of fatigue, as if this being different from everybody else was leading to the persecutions, and as if the solution would be for the Jewish people to be like all of the other nations and to assimilate. Well, now this actually was a direction that took us all off in a, in a wrong turn. Instead of being a nation of priests or the ambassadors of God Almighty to the world, teaching the world, here are these renegade Jews who are actually trying to pull the rest of the people away from their traditional observance. Right, like the now, Jews of Hollywood, per se. Now, this can be documented, and it's actually the, the source document of this whole process is a, a brilliant work by a rabbi, a historian, uh, passed uh, some years ago from the world by the, the name of Rabbi Marvin or Moshe Antelman. Rabbi and he Marvin, was Moshe a chemist. Antelman. Rabbi Moshe or Marvin Antelman. You can find him on uh, internet searches. And He's among his various works... He wrote uh, two volumes called To Eliminate the Opiate. Hmm. To Eliminate the Opiate, this is a play on the uh, famous statement of the, the founder of Marxism, Karl Marx, who called the opiate of the people. And in the eyes of the wise in their own eyes, rationalists of the 1700s, who felt that they were the very leaders of 
all understanding, all human intellect. In their eyes, religion was something primitive, and people had to be led away from it to rationality and to, uh, to what we now call the, uh, the new age and the new world order, a new mentality. Now, let me well, now all a... this can be traced in this work, if I may just yeah. uh, sum up this story. Rabbi Antelman, in this work, traces the beginnings of the world power of this renegade group to a clique in Frankfurt in Germany in the 1780s, which consisted of members of the leading Jewish banking family, the Rothschilds, who were well on their way to assimilation, together with the founder of modern Freemasonry, who was also resident in Frankfurt at that time. And at the same time, there was in Frankfurt the the uh, the person that revived the Sabbatean rebellion against the Torah that took place in the 1600s with the false messiah, Shabtai Tzvi, and uh, the one who regarded himself as his reincarnation, Jacob Frank, was also in Frankfurt in the 1780s. And these three, the Frankists, the Freemasons, and the, under the presidency of the Rothschilds, sat together and figured out how to take over the world and bring the world to a new state, a new state of consciousness, according to them. And back to this can be traced everything that is happening today. And we can elaborate with great pleasure on this. Yeah, so um, the very interesting. I, I never heard it condensed into that uh that threefold like that of the Sabbateans, the Frankists through Jacob Frank, and uh, the, the Rothschilds. The and the Rothschilds. But I got to say, I know that the Rothschilds today, there are 55 branches of the family that own banks. Some of them, a minority of them are Jewish, but the main ones, the main majority of those families have all intermarried into royal families and are no longer Jewish by Jewish law. I'm, I even believe the British Rothschild family has some questionable motherhood or conversionhood, you know, as it goes by the mother. And then, you know, so um, it's interesting well, this, to this know. May may my question true. to you. This well, may not be true, but we have to look at this uh, in the perspective that precisely from that time in Frankfurt, the borderlines between Jew and something else became totally blurred. Because right, since then, there arose the opportunity mm -hmm. to have your own brand of Judaism, call it reform, conservative, right. reconstructionist, yeah. uh, egalitarian, G, uh, LG, uh, uh, yeah. whatever you want. You can Adam Kingism. <laughs> So, uh, so the Rothschilds are they Jewish? Are they Jewish? This is precisely what the concept of the right. mixed multitude is all about. That there are people who are not the authentic souls of Israel who are mixed up. Jews. They're the fake. They're the fake Jews in front of the cameras who are taking all of the, the uh, the accreditation. But while you were talking, but the public about doesn't know because the public says Israel Jews, the Jewish state. The yeah. public has no idea. The public has no idea. And the amount of, and I hate the word anti-Semitism. I think it's like, 
I don't know. It's for like weak people. You know, like the real word is Jew hatred. There's like real Jew hatred out there that gets put on the everyday Jew, such as you or myself, as if we're controlling like these banks and these institutions that are using our name to, you know, acquire power and, and bring about, you know, um, let's just say darker times. You know, and, and I'll tell you something. In the video clip before, when Ehud Barak is speaking, there's a part in it where you could tell, like, he's, like, he, he's been hanging out with Klaus Schwab so much because he's, like, we are going to win. I can tell you. I know this. It is factual. You know, he backs it up. I could play the actual clip. But that's, like, something that Klaus Schwab always does. It's, like, this, like, mental game that they do that they say they like just steamroll the idea for like as soon as the idea is first introduced publicly by someone's mouth they like steamroll it that like this is he's like oh 3.5 percent of the population rebels it's done you know and we've already hit it so suck it and and bow to our leftist rebellion you know and and you want to know something here's a wild card about ehud barak right you know he was on Jeffrey Epstein's island, right? I mean, he was like majorly, I mean, he like walked into Jeffrey Epstein's front door. So in the previous segment, you were talking about the Baal, that a lot of these people worship the Baal. And I think it's very interesting how in today's generation, Baal worship, I mean, we literally thought that it was de destroyed by the later prophets of Israel, to which we found out it was not true. They were in secret for thousands of years, and they came out in this, like, weird way of a fashion ad with Balenciaga, and it blew up this whole thing about Pierre-Francois-Henri uh, Pinault, you know, and uh, the Pinault family cult of pedophiles and, and powerful pedophiles. And the Mossad was like in on that, you know, and like, and that's a hard pill to swallow, but Israel has to swallow it. That and 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 when you know that the Mossad was in on that, and then you see the way that they steamrolled the people with Pfizer vaccine, which is a known Pfizer is a known Operation Paperclip company. And our viewers know what Operation Paperclip is, but I'm going to say it anyway for any new viewers that are turning tuning in for the first time. After the defeat of Adolf Yamakshimovizikaron Hitler, they um, the American CIA and the Russian KGB divided up the Nazi scientists and spread them throughout uh, the countries their country's infrastructure, which ended up starting the space race. Uh, the program was famous for all the rocket science because America won the space race. And all the rocket scientists from uh, the Nazis greatly helped the, the effort. But uh, what little does the public know is that Pfizer was a recipient of the Joseph Mengele scientific research. You know, only 19 members were brought to trial at Nuremberg. Only 19 high-ranking Nazis were brought to trial in Nuremberg. And there were thousands of them in this infrastructure. And, um, and Rabbi Greenbaum, I know I'm covering a lot of topics, and, and I really want to pack this punch right before Passover, Pesach, because, you know, I want to be a free Jew. I am not a free Jew. 
My voice has been stolen by all these agencies that doesn't represent me as a person or my heritage or my lineage, my royal lineage for that matter. You know, and when I think about, you know, the world and how we can solve it, you know, we have to bring justice to our people. And that's like holding people like Ehud Barak accountable. And I mean, the guy deserves to be publicly de uh, deposed, you know, on national television about his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, the public has to know. So Pfizer was a recipient of these Operation Paperclip research. How did the Mossad not know that? Of course they knew that. That is common knowledge in for, for anybody that understands anything about Operation Paperclip. I'm sure at Simon Wiesenthal they even know that. You know, so, so what do we do to free ourselves when these institutions have clearly tricked us? Is it only to rely on God at this point? Well, we are facing colossal forces who are trying to suppress the truth and the suppression of the actual collaboration between information on the collaboration between the leading Zionists in the time prior to the formation of the state who were later involved in building the state with the uh, Nazi regime in Germany before the war. Uh, this information has been suppressed, a part of it coming out now, for example, in the uh, remarkable book by Stephen Rodan in Jewish Blood, which documents this uh, unknown chapter of history of the collaboration between the founders of the State of Israel and the Nazis. And wow. all of this is suppressed. And uh, people are battling to try to bring this out, uh, but uh, they are being persecuted. We're facing colossal forces. Do we rely on God? First and foremost, yes. I mean, we are nothing without our faith. We are nothing without our faith in God and that God and is on the upper and will win. And that is the truth that they can have big mouths like those you've quoted to say all they want. But right. uh, the Bible has been around for thousands of years and those guys will turn into dust and go down to where they will descend. Amen. So we're definitely on the uh, up. Uh, but we have to mobilize between ourselves using the social media that are at disposal to educate people. It's extremely difficult. We're finding the, the, the mainstream media have colossal power hypnotizing the minds of people. Uh, this uh, individual that you showed clippings of earlier is part of a network which uh, the public knows nothing about. I mean, the secret connections between them all the little bit that came about uh, uh, regarding Epstein is a tiny tip of a huge international uh, interconnection. And uh, what we have to be working towards is an entire shift in human history, such as occurred at the time of the receiving of the Torah at Sinai thousands of years ago, such as occurred when the world began to accept monotheism the rise of Christianity and later the rise of Islam, which certainly brought new mentalities to the world. And we are now awaiting for a revolution of the human mind, the human soul. And you and I and all people of faith are the leaders of this revolution. And we must take heart and have courage and never despair because literally we are on God's side. 
I want to take a moment after that to encourage our listeners who are listening to please go to InfoWarsStore.com. Just click that QR code right above Rabbi Avram Greenbaum, our unbelievable guest who uh, is sharing with us deep wisdom of the origins of the fake state of the Jews that are trying to subvert the Jewish people in these final days. I want to encourage our listeners to please check out our store at InfoWarsStore.com. Buy anything for yourself. Buy anything for a friend. Keep us on the air. We want to, uh, you know, raise funds. The network is attacked from all sides, bringing you information like this. And, uh, and uh, you know, get a Faraday cage. Buy a hat. Buy a shirt. There's a new Alex Jones for President shirt. There's only a limited edition. I definitely got mine. I'm super excited about that. But check out InfoWarsStore.com. Buy something. Keep us on the air. And uh, join uh, uh, us every week while we bring you this exclusive content. And uh, on that note, I want to welcome everybody back to the show. We are really blessed to have in studio uh, world-famous Kabbalist Rabbi Avraham Greenbaum, the director of the Azamra Institute in Sfat, Israel. Um, And we are talking about the nature the subversive nature of the evil regime of what i will call fake jews who rise to power and sub use their position to subvert the national interests of the ancient jewish people from the bible and um so as passover is coming up i wanted to do this episode um and show light on what is called the Erev Rav. And the rabbi mentioned it earlier when um, that there were that there are two groups of rebellious natures inside of Israel. There is the one led by Datan and Aviram, the spiritual foundation of the Erev Rav, which are these, these slaves that were freed in Egypt when the Jews were freed and they left with the Jews and there was a small amount of them that caused a lot of trouble uh, for the Jewish people. And they weren't down with our agenda. They just wanted to be free, but they wanted a, you know, a free ride. So they ended up, you know, they were the socialists, the original socialists. You know, they were trying to get a free ride instead of go off and start their own nation. They wanted to, like, see what they could do. And then there's a second group, which is the group that they inspire, which are strong-willed people inside of Israel led by the arc, spiritual archetype of the soul of Korach from the Bible, who has the famous confrontation with uh, Moshe, Moses, in the desert and challenges his authority, and the earth opens them up and swallows them whole. It's one of the miracles of the leaving of Egypt's story. Now, the, the, what I find interesting, Rabbi, is that it's like in every generation and in every story you see this pattern continue where like the door is left open for the potential of very subversive forces to join the nation. I don't understand why we don't close the gates. I'll give you several examples. Um, A famous uh, conspiracy theory is about the Kuzari, the the Kuzari uh, people. And I, I tend to, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's, you know, in Judaism, we don't promote conversion. But this was a case in which the king of a nation converted to Judaism and then forced Judaism upon his entire public. And, um, you know, for that, uh, 
for that reason alone, I, you know, kind of, I, I sometimes, you know, become questionable about conversion in general, but you know, I'm not one to discuss the nature of, of that, but, but, uh, the, these Kuzari Jews, the, the theory is, is that there were so many disgruntled Kuzaris that were really deeply pagan and steeped in witchcraft that decided to keep their faith secret and hidden and they blended into they had their population of you know that blended in with us at some point i know where we come from i i understand my lineage very clearly you know i'm from the shire definitely a hobbit from the shire you know what i'm saying it's like if you're a jew it's like something so inside of you it's like you're from the shtetl it's like it's in your blood you know where your family comes from my family traces back through ukraine and my father's side lithuania very rootsy early american refugees something like seven generations ago on both sides so um but we have our lineage our greater understanding of where our place was inside of the jewish world for thousands of years um these kuzaris that have come into the nation you know i was wondering rabbi if you can address something about the kuzari the the theories of the kuzaris because it would make sense that when they would create the state of israel these people would do everything and anything to acquire power, especially if they could democratic, you know, if it was a monarchy and only a rootsy Jew was able to sit on the throne, then, uh, you know, they would never be able to acquire power in our nation. The gates open in democracy for them to acquire power and use that power to suppress Jews, especially in the land of Israel itself. What do you These have to ideas that? about the Kuzars are essentially speculations and well, perhaps... There is an admixture of Kuzaris in the gene pool of the Jews. Perhaps there's not, I don't know. But I don't see why you have to go back that far. Because back in the 1990s, when there was the uh, Gulf War taking place between Iraq that had invaded and uh, taken over Kuwait and all of the world powers, at, at that time, under the smokescreen of that war, there were transports of literally hundreds of thousands of people from the Soviet Union, which was at that time the stages of breaking up. And these were people who were claimed to be either Jewish or to have some Jewish blood on some side, even if their mother was not Jewish, but they had a Jewish father or grandfather. That is to say that hundreds of thousands of people who, according to Jewish law, Torah law, are not Jewish, were imported into the land of Israel and for a very specific purpose, comparable to the importation of migrants into the United States in our time, because the idea is that they will swing the elections in favor of the party that brings them in. And likewise, in the 1980s and 90s, there was these huge importations of populations which were guaranteed to support any party in Israel that was against a religious tone to the country of Israel and the state of Israel. And that is why in the last 20, 40 years, what used to be called the status quo, which was a kind of equilibrium, a kind of modus vivendi between the observant Jews of Israel and the non-observant, that has been systematically eroded by the Israel Supreme Court and by other forces, by the media, until today, the citizens of Israel are 
open on the Sabbath with places of entertainment, cafes, street life, commerce, and the Sabbath has been trampled upon and desecrated up and down the country through these subversives. And these are the ones who are ranting against changing the law that permit a tiny clique to control the country because they're afraid that they won't be able to ride to the beach on the Sabbath in their buses. They won't be able to buy the meat of ham and pork in their shops in Israel because the rabbis want to have kosher food sold and not non-kosher food sold. They're afraid that they will somehow be coerced into a religion which they've taught to hate. And all this is coming from a clique that have power over the mass media, over the Israeli television and the radio and the mainstream publications in Israel, the news media. And so what seems to be a loud and vocal part of the population has been educated to hate the religious tradition upon which the whole country was founded. And whereas three or four generations ago, the majority of people in the country were very traditionally minded, today, with the leadership of this secular clique, living like the former Prime Minister Barak in North Tel Aviv, in and high town, high rise, uh, they are disconnected. Not only are they disconnected from the spirit of the people, but they are trying to drive the people in the opposite direction and to deny God's Torah. Well, let's see where that will lead them. Rabbi, I want to pivot. You know, Ehud Barak is my least favorite character to pick on in the New World Order. But I want to turn to Bibi Netanyahu. And, uh, you know, um, obviously, you know, he outed himself. I don't know if you saw the uh, Jordan Peterson video where he um, he basically says, I actually could play it. He basically says that he sets up Israel to be like a like a lab experiment on Jordan Peterson. He, you know, goes into it and he's like, the Jewish people will be the guinea pig lab. I'm going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it. We'll pivot away from Ehud Barak and pivot to uh, Bibi Netanyahu, the scumbag who vaccinated everybody with the uh, poisonous death shots. Give you one example, so you'll see, because I don't want to bore you with uh, detailed, detailed plans. I, I, uh, but they are detailed in my mind. He doesn't um, bore us with detailed. We plans. came out of COVID first. I described that in my book, my conversations with Albert Bourla Pfizer, and I persuaded him to give tiny Israel. Uh, the, the necessary vaccines to get us out first from the COVID. And the reason I could do that is because we have a database, 98%, a medical database, 98% of our population has digitized medical records and little card. And anywhere you go in any hospital in Israel, north, south, doesn't make any difference. Boom, you punch it in and you know everything about this patient for the last 20 years. I said, we'll use that to tell you whether these vaccines, what do they do to people, not individual people, not with their individual identities, but statistically, what does it do to people with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, meningitis? What does it do to people with high blood pressure? What is it? You know, you want to know that. So Israel became, if you will, the the lab for Pfizer, and that's how we did it. We got it out, and we gave the information to the world. Now it's been published in medical magazines and so on. Um, lab of that's Pfizer. A database we have. I intend to bring on that base database of medical personal medical records for entire population a genetic database genomes oh. okay give me a saliva sample volunteer oh, but i'm sure genes. most people would do it maybe we'll pay them Fake. now we have 
genetic record on a medical record oh of a robust population. It's got, you have to have diversified populations. We have people from a hundred lands. This is a very powerful engine. Now, now let uh, pharma companies, let medical companies, let them run algorithms oh, on this database. Us. Okay, I'm telling you right away that I'll give preference for a few years to Israeli firms. Oh, for only a few. But you years. can create, and then to the world. But you can create, uh, you know, a biotechnological industry that is un- unheard of right now, unheard of, unimagined even. Uh, and, and these are just the examples. So we can become a lot, stave off Iran, become a light onto the nation. Oh, stave off Iran in, again. Uh, groundbreaking. May the traitors of Israel be hung in public. He, no, not in public. That's disgusting. But they should be killed. The traitors of Israel should be killed. Traitors of the Jews should be killed. We have to put Amalek to death. That's the truth. We have to stomp out Amalek. And when I see that video, it gives me the chills, Rabbi. It pisses me off. It makes me want to go grab my sword and go to war and, 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 fix, and fight the wars of God and show up on the battlefield and just say, okay, come out. I'm ready for you. Like, I can't live in a world where such evil exists. Did you, you saw that. What was your take on that? Was that the first time you ever saw that? Well, you see, that video was in the English language. So... People in Israel, majority of whom have a limited command of English, will not have seen it and will certainly have not had any idea about that information, about what was being done behind their backs. Nobody knew anything about it. People were all subjected to the barrage of the media campaign in favor of the vaccinations. In terms of who are the traits of Israel or not, that's not for me to judge. What I will say is a couple of points. Number one, Menachem Begin, the uh, Likud Prime Minister of Israel back in the 1970s and 90, uh, late 1970s, he stated when he was asked why he completely reversed his policies after becoming Prime Minister from what he had always held beforehand, he said, when you enter this room, your view of everything changes. When you enter the Prime Minister's office, And we've seen this again and again with the Prime Minister of Israel, that one after the other, within my living memory, the people were seen as the the strong warriors for the land of Israel, the people of Israel, the state of Israel, the security of Israel. One by one, they turned into the big traitors, like the the slain Prime Minister of Israel, uh, supposedly assassinated back in 1995, who was trading away the whole biblical country to terrorists. And uh, his, the uh, present uh, prime minister of Israel was one who bargained away Hebron, gave it away to terrorists in his earlier term as prime minister in the late 1990s. Now the one after that. that Rabbi, uh, you're saying Netanyahu was the one who gave away Hebron? Yes. Oh my and, God. Uh, Netanyahu was propelled to prominence back in the 1990s. Netanyahu had very powerful backers, including Dr. Henry Kissinger, who was also the father of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And uh, it was through this backing, likewise, the uh, the late Prime Minister of Israel, uh, uh, Sharon, 
it was also backed by by Kissinger, and uh, they're all primed to do well. These are Trojan horses. They're figures who are presented to the public as defenders of the right wing, and who turn out to uh, to, to 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 be the, the do the work of the left wing. In the yeah. case of Sharon, of destroying the most beautiful Israeli developments in Gush Katif and turning them into uh, a nest of terrorists. You know, I was in Gush Katif when that happened. I was there. I was arrested. Barack had to, Barack had to uh, resign because the uh, the terror that he fomented just got out of hand. And uh, Sharon, God showed Sharon God's vengeance by throwing him into a. Uh, a terminal a coma for many, many uh, years, and heaven knows what awaits uh, the present leader. But uh, we certainly need our faith in God to keep our powder dry and to everything, do everything we can to get out the message of the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing right now is that we syndicate the message of the truth. And Infowars is such a platform for that because Infowars is largely unheard of in Israel, but I mean, our main feed, you know, streams to 20 million people a day. And Infowars is the one leading the spear against the New World Order and the World Economic Forum. I don't think there's a single news agency outside of Infowars that is carrying this message and this punch uh, even remotely as hard. And for that matter, they have persecuted us. I mean, I can't even get my Facebook accounts, my WhatsApp accounts shut down all the time. I can't even open my WhatsApp app. It just doesn't open because it's a meta. Anything on the meta Zuckerverse, I, I always, I've, they, they censored me for posting a quote of Ashley Biden on Instagram. You know, at Adam Melech, if anybody wants to follow my Instagram, I have the funniest meme of the most offensive memes you could possibly imagine. But when they censored me for quoting Ashley Biden, I knew that they were listening to me very closely. But, um, but yeah, I, I would hope that, the, that, that Infowars can serve as a, as a, as a message, uh, uh, as a beacon for these messages and this, and this, uh, this story. And, and it's so deep. And, and you know, I want to cover this again. Uh, we're going we're gonna to break this up into more parts and keep covering this. And we would love to have you back on, at, on the Adam King Show to go deeper into these subjects. Because I feel like, you know, there needs to be like a whole series on this to instruct the generation on who the enemy is and how to proceed with caution and how to make it to the finish line so that they don't biohack everybody and turn us into like uh, zombies controlled by the stars and the planets, which is their goal, you know, with uh, the bug eaters and stuff like that. Anyways, but um that being said, so we covered the we we've covered a lot of subjects today. We covered the Erevrav, which are the spiritual sources that keep coming back in every generation through reincarnation. They just like reincarnate into this fray of problems that we have. And uh, we've covered the Kuzaris, potential Kuzaris. We covered the trifecta of the Sabbat Shabtites fee, the Sabbateans, Jacob Frank the leader of the Frankists and the Rothschild, the British Rothschild family. Is it the British or, or is it? No, multinational, multinational, global. The, the multiple families of the Rothschilds. So that being said, I want to turn to the Rothschilds. What do you feel when people say 
you know, because of the that the Rothschilds are the leaders of the Jewish people. Like how how does that connect with you? How does that resonate with you as a free and sovereign Jew who refuses to bow down to the new world order in Israel? Well, nobody asks me if they represent me. Nobody asks my parents or my grandparents. They rather push themselves to the front. Uh, they were big backers of the original groups that founded the state of Israel. The Rothschild family actually paid for the building of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. Uh, more recently, the Rothschild family paid an uh, undisclosed sum for the building of the Israeli Supreme Court, which is currently at the center of the whole controversy about the projected reform of the corrupt judicial system of Israel, which is headed by the Supreme Court, which sits in a building designed by the architects of the Rothschild family with yeah. symbols of Freemasonry literally everywhere can be seen out from the outside of the building of the Supreme Court in Jerusalem. Just can you just Google it, uh, the Israel Supreme Court, the, uh, the bronze colored pyramids on the roof of the Supreme Court. What are they doing there? Exactly. Not to speak of many other Masonic symbols. Right. So the connection between the Rothschilds and the, the face of the state of Israel which does not represent the Torah of Israel or the authentic people of Israel, the souls of the children of Israel. That is a clear proof. They vaxed us. The proof is how much they vaxed the people of Israel. That is like the ultimate proof. The poor suffering Judeans that are living in the land that thought that the government true they were fooled. They were fooled. These were families that just came out of the atrocious nature of the Shoah, the Holocaust, and they fled to the land of Israel with no money, no education, nothing. And they've been nothing but taxed out of oblivion by their government and oppressed by their government for living there. You know, their government has all the power in the world to end all the wars by conquering all the loser nations that are around Israel that don't like Israel. But they don't. They're a bunch of cowards. They don't have any backbone to stand up and say, you know, to a hostile nation, you know, that we're going to go conquer It's not a question of being cowards. They do, they do not want the messianic idea. They right. do not want a Torah Israel. They want the European lifestyle, the sophisticated lifestyle of North Tel Aviv and Caesarea, of cafe life, of uh, right. free sect, whatever you want, of uh, liberty, no, no, no rules eat what you want, to sleep with who you want, watch what you want, listen what you want, right. eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. And they don't want to give that up. And heaven knows how God will eventually chastise all of us until we learn better. So I find it, uh, you know, uh, these, these shots, the long-term effects of these shots are, are, are truly unknown. And uh, we don't know what it's going to cause up until the third and fourth generation, to quote the Bible. You know, God says in the Bible, I will inflict you upon the, up until the third and fourth generation. He says that frequently in many places throughout our, our literature. And, uh, and when I see the situation, I have to really plan ahead and understand that, like, you know, I'm unmarried, putting that out there. But uh, I have... You know, I want unvaccinated children and I want my unvaccinated children to marry unvaccinated people. And I want them to continue this line of 
you know, pure human genetics. And if you think about that, the vaccine, you know, my personal belief about the vaccine is the vaccine was actually developed by Joseph Mengele and was hidden from the world. Um, do you know about uh, the, uh, um, uh, the there, there was like a lot of technology that was that, that was developed at the end of World War II. It was hidden, like the glockenspiel. Do you know about the glockenspiel? It was like a levitating device, big steel levitating device. So there was all sorts of these technologies that they developed that they hid from the world. And I believe one of them was the RNA vaccine, that they hid it, you know, for 75 years and released it to the public in 2020 after the, the, the fear of the Nazis were decreased. You know, it's clear that Hitler escaped World War II. There's uh, FBI documents up the wazoo. I actually have them. I send them to all my friends. Anybody who wants the FBI file, I have a copy of the FBI file, but it's on FBI.gov. You could see the FBI's investigation into Hitler surviving World War II and escaping to Argentina. I, my personal belief is that he was going to Antarctica, and first you have to stop in Argentina if you're going to Antarctica. But the trail ends with Adolf Hitler escaping into the mainland uh, the inland of Argentina not to be seen from the public again. I personally believe that that's because he fled to secret Nazi bases that are in Antarctica. They were obsessed with Antarctica. They were building in Antarctica from the beginning of his reign till the end of his reign. So something worth considering. And then the rise of the World Economic Forum, you know, these are the clear families that escaped Nuremberg and they're regrouping again. You know, and we must conquer them and we must defeat them, especially in the land of Israel and anybody tied to the World Economic Forum or the Young Global Leaders Initiative. They focus heavily on Israel for this one purpose, to uh, subvert the will of the Jewish people and to make sure that the Messianic age does not come about. That's why, you know, I smirk when you were talking about the pyramids on top of the of the buildings, because in my head, I'm thinking about all these powers and their endless monies and their endless their endless, uh, you know, resources. And I'm thinking in my head, you know who this sounds like a job for, Rabbi? King Messiah. And I'm thinking in my head, you know where King Messiah is going to get airtime <laughs> on Infowars. That's where King Messiah is going to get airtime. So as you were saying this, I was thinking about, wow, you know, like there's so much going on in the world today. We could really change the, the tide of this battle in Israel by promoting Infowars in Israel to all the resistance in Israel. You know, it's a beacon of American free speech and global free speech for that matter. And so um, I want to encourage our listeners one more time before we end our segment to go to Infowarsstore.com. Click that QR code. Go check it out. We are joined today by world-famous Kabbalist Rabbi Avraham Greenbaum of the Azamra Institute. We're having a lot of fun. We're talking about um, the infiltrators of Israel throughout the generations. And uh, Rabbi, I want to wrap up our segment by you know, suggesting to the public what we could do moving forward so that we can achieve independence from, the, from our captors, that we could seek the our, our our actual sovereignty and the state of the king messiah that we that we that we want to build the place of jewish freedom the place of of you know where jews are are truly welcome we're not even allowed to really go to our holy sites in israel we're not even allowed to go to some of the graves of our own ancestors in israel you know i mean 
Try going to uh, the tomb of Rivka whenever you want. You can't do that. Try going to the tomb of Rachel. You know, Arabs aren't descended of Rachel. You know, the, there's a lot of the, the tomb of Joseph. You know, Arabs aren't descended of Joseph, but that's, you know, they claim that as their necromantic property. But um, but how do, what do you say to the millions upon millions of listeners that uh, will tune in and hear this message that uh, what do you say to them for us to acquire our freedom? Well, true Jews and true Christians are having common faith, faith in the one God. And we express it in different ways, but we have faith. And right now, we are coming up to the Passover festival. And for Jewish people, and for people of faith everywhere, the message of Passover is that the earthly tyrants will fall at the hand of God. And the first thing we can do this Passover is to strengthen ourselves in our faith, that our faith is in the one God who has supreme power over every detail of creation and who may show patience to the wicked, but will in the end overthrow them and punish them. So first thing is to affirm our faith within ourselves and with each other, with our fellows. We have to talk to each other and encourage each other and strengthen each other through our social networks, through our friendships and so on. And we need to constantly be alert to exposing the truth. I mean, I would greatly welcome for the Israeli population, uh, Hebrew language facility like the Alex Jones shows, which would actually put before the public the facts of the tricks that are being played on them in order to increase the information available. Then we all need to do as much as we can to put facts before people. And with our faith and with our facts, God will have the victory. Amen. God will have his victory. That's the truth. In the end of this whole situation, God will have his victory. The desired outcome of God's choosing. And, you know, especially when it comes to the land of Israel. I do get nervous. It, it boils my blood and makes me so sad how many genetics were lost. You know, when we left Egypt to relate it to Passover, we're taught through the Midrash that four-fifths of the Jewish people stayed in Egypt. Am, am I correct? Uh-huh. So when I look at that, I see 80%. And roughly in this generation, I see that 80% of the nation has been vaccinated through this cruel and harmful regime. Um, I, uh, I can't help but relate that to the Passover story. It boils my blood. I pray for these 80% of these Jews who have these such unique genetic codes inside of them you know, that, that their genomes have been tampered with, you know, and um, it's, it's, it's something very touching to me, and it's something that uh, very much resonates with my soul. Um, Rabbi, before we end up this, end this segment, um, what do you think about that? Like, uh, that, the, the, is there some sort of parallel with our modern vaccine world where 80% of the population didn't, that they took the vaccines, 80% of the population didn't leave Egypt. Like, is there some truth to that 
theory are, are, are the vaccines spiritually, first of all, let's just start with this question. Are the vaccines spiritually damaging to Jewish people and people in general? Well, let's not ask if the vaccines themselves are spiritually damaging so much as the belief that it's the vaccines that can save and the vaccines that can heal. That is idolatry to believe in the vaccine, particularly when it's been produced under these conditions, uh, fighting uh, illnesses which apparently have also been uh, genetically uh, modified and, uh, and, and developed. To say that they're spiritually damaging, that the whole scam has been spiritually damaging the extreme across the world. People in deep depression, young people, suicides, uh, uh, neuroses, phobias, unbelievable consequences besides the physical consequences. So that damage, the physical damage is also spiritual damages because people's lives are affected. Their, their dreams have been shattered. Their abilities have been inhibited. So that's all damage. And yet again, God's hand is has the upper hand because uh, God has the power to overcome whatever damage these humans may have done. There may be cases, we've heard of cases of the athletes, high school athletes dropped dead and so many other cases of, uh, of, uh, of most unusual mortalities, which obviously must be linked to this situation. But to say that God can't, uh, can't conquer over this is also heresy. God has power to do everything, and yeah. God will save those he wants to save, and he will destroy those whom he wants to destroy in his own good time. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for that insight. You know, sometimes in my head, I do go all doom and gloom because it's such a dark period. And, and uh, you know, like, just as you said, that so many people have been psychologically affected. I, too, have been tremendously psychologically affected by the, by the hardship of this time. You know, just yesterday, there was another train wreck in America, a 29-car train, just hazardous material dumped straight into a river. You know, I think there's been like 41 of them in like the last two months. Every time I see them, I, I think to myself, like, just how sad it is. That, like, the whole earth has been, is being terraformed to be spoiled. And, 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 and it's so much more than just the vaccines. And... Um, and uh, you know it's it, it is a sad time, and and I and I and I relate to that. And and but the sentiment because of the guy gets so dark sometimes. Sometimes I don't see that sentiment, which is really in the end, God will choose who will live and who will die. It's it's not necessarily the vaccines are not so uniform that they're going. You know there is hope for everyone, and repentance is the way forward. And now um, it's the Passover. No more depression. Now time for joy. And to the joy of God, the joy of divinity, Passover. not the yeah. fake happiness of the media, the celebrities, the true joy, which you will all experience together in our time. Amen. Rabbi, I want to wrap up this segment. This has uh, been a really great show. And I want to give you the last word before we close out. I know this, this episode is going to be titled To the Fake Jews Out There. And uh, we're going to try to solicit their attention. We're we're here, you know, we're going at them. We're not afraid to stand up and do what's right for our generations. What's the, the last message of this episode, whether you say it to them, whether you say it to the people of Israel, whether you say it to the world, whether you say it to yourself or just me here on the panel, I'd like you to close out our segment and uh, uh, addressing this, uh, summating this episode 
and uh, uh, and closing out your the words. Your words are so powerful, and and uh, and I'm and I'm so honored for you to to join us. It's truly a, a distinguished honor that that someone like you would come and speak to the Infowars audience and share your brilliant wisdom and your immense uh, uh, immense uh, uh, intellectual mind. So thank you for for coming and please please carry us out. Well, aside from any fake compliments, which don't actually apply to the real me, let me just conclude by sharing with you something that has been a tremendous uh, light to me over the last 30 years. And that is a statement is recorded in section known as the Ethics of the Fathers, Pirke Avot, where one of the sages said, if you focus on three things, you won't go wrong. Remember where you came from and where you're going, and for whom you're going to have to give an accounting of your life. You came from a putrid drop of semen. You're going to a place of worms and bugs that will eat up all the flesh. And each one of us will have to give accounting for everything we did before God Almighty. And those who follow the righteous path will be able to acknowledge our good deeds and we should acknowledge our failures openly. God help those who follow the unrighteous path who will not be able to give an accounting for their lives or be cast down. Wow. And now forget all of our gloomy thoughts and open ourselves to the joy of the Passover festival which rules over the entire world from Wednesday evening for a full eight days, the light of freedom, the right of liberty from earthly tyrants, from earthly rulers who will soon also be dust and go down to hell, while the righteous shall go and shine with the light of God's presence. Amen. Happy Passover. <laughs> Happy Passover. Hug Sameach, Rabbi. On that note, I am going to close out our show. I am your host, Adam King, joined by the great world-famous Kabbalist rabbi, Avraham Greenbaum, director of the Azamra Institute in Tzfat, Israel. If you want to go check out more of what he has to say or some of the books he's published, like the recent 138 Gates of Wisdom, which is on Amazon, please go to azamra.org. Check him out. And this is his second time on the show. He will be back for a third and a fourth, and God willing, much more. We love, we, we really love you, Rabbi, and, uh, and happy Passover to you and your family. God bless you in the land of Israel. May the Galilee be safe. May the land of Israel be safe. May the Adam King Show and all of our listeners be safe. And God bless everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Adam King Show found on Bandai Video on InfoWars. Peace out. situation right so that just shows you all of these celebrities out here don't let them influence you in any way because they're controlled by the people who really influence the world 
There's no such thing as a celebrity influencer. One of the people that recruited all of the models for Balenciaga's runway show was a woman called Rachel Chandler, who um, has been on Jeffrey Epstein's island. She's even posted a picture on Instagram of CCTV footage back in 2013, bragging about being on the island. And of course, Instagram let the advertisement run, endorsing kitty porn. And by the way, if you have an alternate explanation for what this was, let us know. A child with a teddy bear in a bondage outfit and a Supreme Court decision striking down a kitty porn law displayed on the table? What is that? Are we jumping to conclusions? Don't think so. It is what it appears to be. It's right in your face and no one's saying anything.